Hello, hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Authentic Podcast. I am your host, Erin Faith. This is a podcast where we discuss breaking down the barriers to finding beauty for the body, mind, and soul, because real beauty is being your authentic self. In this podcast, we will be getting real about topics such as love, beauty, spirituality, and our true feelings on the issues of life. Thank you for taking the time to listen. When it comes to spirituality, everyone's path is different and not everyone will go through the same things. There is a lot to talk about when it comes to deconstructing and I wanted to continue the conversation. On episode four of this podcast, I discussed the deconstruction journey with author Chandrika Fee. In that episode, we talked about our journeys of discovering God in a greater way and breaking down the oppressive religious structures that had been in our lives. I wanted to go deeper and have another conversation surrounding the healing that has to take place during and after the deconstruction process. Not everyone has experienced church hurt. Not everyone will have to address religious trauma, but many of us will. In this episode, we discuss church hurt and trauma, creating your own path, and even what it looks like to deconstruct while still going to church. I was really excited to have a conversation with Mazda Miles. Mazda, affectionately known as the real-life Aunt Viv, is a seven-figure entrepreneur, speaker, podcast host, mentor, and spiritual life coach. She is the founder and principal of Perfection Events, an award-winning Philadelphia-based firm that produces meetings and events worldwide. She is also chief fire starter of her business consulting firm, Mazda Miles & Company, which provides consulting and mentoring to women entrepreneurs through her fire starter mentoring program. Most recently, she launched a holistic wellness partnership with a dear friend, Embracing Divinity, which provides organic remedies and solutions for the mind, body, and spirit. And by simply sharing her truths about her love for herself, God, and her ancestors, she's become affectionately known as Auntie Empress to many as they embark on or fortify their own spiritual journey. I am so excited to have this conversation. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beautifully Authentic. I am Erin Faith and I am here with a celebrity of mine, um, (laughs) Miss Mazda Miles. Mazda, can you tell us about yourself? Sure. So I think there's so many facets um, of myself. Little known fact, I was raised in Anchorage, Alaska. No one would uh, assume that. So I'm a little bit of a military brat, military kid. Um, And I am a multipreneur, multiple uh, businesses, uh, one that's going on almost 15 years now, um, event production and management, Um, as well as most recently in the pandemic, it gave me an opportunity to really 
what I would say, I hate the word pivot, I'm over pivot, but I will say shift and expand and explore. I feel like some things that I didn't really have time to do before. And so now I also have an opportunity to just really do what I've done my entire life, which has been kind of a spiritual mom and auntie to a lot of folks um, along their deconstruction and spiritual journey. And so I'm known on TikTok, as you know, as Auntie Empress. Um, and that is where I am out there giving all of my uh, thoughts and uh, experience around this spiritual journey that is very unique and personal, but also very communal. Yes. And that's how I discovered you on TikTok. And <laughs> I, I followed a lot. Um, I, I mean, I loved a lot of your videos and I'm like, man, if one day I could just talk to her. And so I'm really, you know, grateful to have this conversation with you. Uh, so this conversation is actually a continuation of a conversation that I had with the author, um, of Lord, I don't want to die a Christian, um, Chandrika Fee. And I wanted to like dig deeper because deconstruction is so, um, there's many facets to deconstruction. And um, I'll give you a little bit of my background. I grew up Pentecostal, you know, at Pentecostal church. And we, we you and I talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Even like growing up, I saw people I guess, deconstructing a little bit within the organization. Mm -hmm. So for example, you know, from maybe ages one to like 11 or 12, we weren't allowed to go to the movies. We weren't allowed to go to the Mm -hmm. bowling alleys. We weren't allowed to do this, do that. But then as we got older, TVs were a little more acceptable. Mm -hmm. They realized that, okay, this isn't wrong. So we'll let you guys do this. Then we started openly because I used to go to the movies anyway, um, but we started openly, you know, going to the movies and doing things like that. So it kind of like released, you know, the leash um, slowly. Right. So then the organization that I grew up in, they actually branched out and left the UPC and now they're their own like non-denominational. And so now they wear pants and do things yep, like yep, that. Yep. So they went through their own little deconstruction. But for me, about two years ago, I completely like deconstruction, deconstructed. And I guess I'm still on the deconstruction journey because I find that you're coming out of an oppressive culture when you're coming out of um, an organized religion or anything that kind of like thought for you, <laughs> yeah, you kind of realize that one, you have to reconnect with who you are and like, or who you were before being in that organization. But for me, I was born and raised in it. So like pieces of the real me would poke through. Yeah. But then like the rules and the confines of the organization of the religion, whatever would either stifle it, say it's wrong or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I had to reconnect with myself. I also had to deal with the, I guess, trauma and the unlearning of things. And that's what I really wanted to talk about today. And I know that Chandrika the author that I talked to before, she shared that she doesn't really have any church trauma. She doesn't identify it as church trauma, or she doesn't feel like she needs like the the healing aspect of it because she didn't really have any like traumatic experiences. Um, and I didn't have like extremely traumatic instances, but I feel like I still had some trauma. Well, right? I think that church culture in itself can be traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, growing up a, as I, I spoke really quickly earlier, as a military kid, the military lifestyle is traumatic. Both of my parents um, either, you know, served with honors and then, and, you know, got out or retired. And when my mother retired after 33 years, although she had never been in a war, never whatever, the military lifestyle creates a certain level of regimen, oppression, uh, so many things that they then pay for you to have a lot of therapy. Like she was diagnosed with PTSD because of the lifestyle, wow. the lifestyle, right? And so I believe that that is very similar to what we go through in church, right? Mm -hmm. The lifestyle of waking up in the middle of the night wondering if you missed the rapture. The mm -hmm. lifestyle of wondering if you're gonna go to hell because you said a cuss word and it, what if you died and you didn't have a chance to repent, right? Mm -hmm. The lifestyle of the thought that no one heard, but was that gonna be the thing that sent you to hell? The lifestyle of uncertainty whether or not you're good enough because oh my God, I had a lost, lustful thought and not realizing I am a human being who's supposed to have these thoughts. My body right. is literally meant to do these th things created <laughs> right. to do these things and to feel these ways I, I believe that it's the lifestyle so I can't speak to her experience but I don't think that any of us have to have had a traumatic event mm -hmm. it is a series of traumatic teachings and oppression um that that we are fighting to be free from definitely and yeah, that's why I wanted to continue the conversation because not everybody has had the same experiences, but there is for me, everybody's experience is, is personal, specific, whatever. Yeah. Um, but for me, I felt like there still needed to be some areas that there were still areas that needed to be addressed. And so there's a lot to unpack, but I want to talk about, we have like church hurt, which we've all experienced some level of church hurt, I feel to the, um, I guess the psychological hurt, <laughs> meaning that somebody may, you may have not have experienced that church hurt, but it's like that psychological oppression that you don't really realize that you've experienced until the moment that moment of realization, you know, it, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. it's like somebody turns the light on and be like, oh, this That's isn't, right. That's where that came from. Yeah, this isn't right. Or, you know, <laughs> and even like now when I say that I'm still deconstructing, it's like, so my husband is, there's like certain conversations that we'll have and certain things that I, that trigger me in his experience. Mm. So he'll do something because it's a part of his religion and culture, uh -huh. but it'll trigger something in me that I didn't <laughs> know was there. Yeah. And it's like, how does one first, they're in their organization, they're in their religion. How does one address that trauma? I use, I'm just using the word trauma. How does one address that? I think that the first thing is exactly what you're recognizing is, is that it's there. I think the first thing is, 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 is seeing it. I see you, that's trauma, that that's, things are triggering me because of trauma. And so I believe that's the first step. And something that um, a therapist told me, I, I am a big proponent of therapy, 
um, not when things just are wrong, but in order for things to maintain and to be right. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that one of my favorite uh, therapists um, in my life told me was she was um, um, very trauma informed and really an expert in that field. As she said, trauma is like tattoos of pain on your soul. And she said, and in order to combat trauma, you often have to, to have tattoos of joy. You have mm-hmm. to almost write, go back and create a tattoo of joy where there would have been pain. And so that's, that has always stuck with me um, is yes, ex- no, noticing it, expressing it, um, um, processing it, right? So you know it's there and then you process like, where did that come from? You go to the root, you have to. I have to get to where did that come from? Why is that there? What was the action? What was the oppression? What was the lifestyle? What was the thing that created that trauma? Ah, now I see you. I know where that came from, right? Um, sometimes there is, and uh, you have to uh, dismantle, right? A thought process or a thing or what used to be a truth to you when you're working through that trauma. And then once you've done all that and you faced it, you have to find ways to tattoo joy where the pain was. So if part of my trauma was in, I'm just going to use the church example. Part of my trauma was that, um, you know, I had no choices about what I did on a Sunday or where I would be because I would be worried about, you know, my soul's salvation. Mm -hmm. Part of my joy is I take random self-care Sundays. And and here's the deal. I still go to church. I have a (laughs) non-traumatic church experience, right? Um, I do believe they're out there, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I experienced one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But in that, I, I believe there's a place for everything. And if you're able to find the place that's not traumatizing, not triggering, um, because there are areas of church that is community to me, that is very filling to me. And I am, because I'm able to find a place where I can receive that and not also have the trauma, I choose to have that. But ways that I tattoo joy is there are times that I'm like, on this random Sunday, I'm doing this. I'm not giving any explanations. I'm not living the life that I used to, where I used to be afraid. Do you guys all agree that that monster's allowed to take off this Sunday? Nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm off this Sunday. So have a great service. Um, whatever you, and, and listen, I, I may not be, you may not find out three weeks in advance. You may not. You may mm-hmm. find out three hours in advance. You know, I'm not coming. I'm getting a massage. Um, and so... That is a way that I counteract the old mentality that had me bound to an idea that my salvation, my future, my goodness, my wholeness, my responsibility lied in me making sure I served in a location for the purpose, right, of serving God and Mm. that people were pleased with me. So that's just an example. Wow, that's so interesting. So... And as you know, there's so many different pockets of TikTok and (laughs) there's a huge deconstruction pocket, like a deconstruction side of TikTok. And I'm on it all the time. And both uh, white and black, so many races are currently deconstructing right now. And I'm interested in hearing more about you still um, (laughs) going to church because a lot of the people on TikTok, like, for example, Donnell Wright's. Yeah, yeah. I, I love him and I, I know you collaborated with him. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. <laughs> um, you know, he kind of had a similar background and I don't think he still goes. Yeah. Um, because I've seen some of his videos addressing that. 
and a lot of other people who are deconstructing don't go. Yeah. Um, those, so how did you make number one, the decision to stay? And when you're there, I don't know what kind of church you go to, but what do you do with the things that you don't necessarily agree with or like the whole hellfire brimstone type of messages? What do you do with that? And how so does that not trigger you? <laughs> here's the deal. The church I go to is not that. That's mm. what I'm saying. There's nothing there that triggers me. There, wow. And that is why I'm able to be there. I began a deconstruction journey while in church, while a minister, while light, while doing ministry, all of that, and was literally sitting in the pews going, that ain't true. That mm -hmm. ain't right. Like, and was like, wait a minute, I don't agree, you know? And so um, really my spirit was led to leave a place that was very that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time that's why. I just literally knew it was as if someone had a string to my heart and was pulling my chest out of that place it was like you gotta go and i was like i gotta go when they were like well what church are you going to and i was like i don't know i'm not leaving church but i don't know like i literally what's that that bible scripture abram went to a land that he knew not of it's like i feel like abraham i'm being sent to a land i know not of i don't know where i'm going i'm not quitting this church to go to another church i have no idea all i know is i can't be here i can't mm -hmm. be here anymore and that was huge being um at that point a church church of god in christ that was a church i mean you <laughs> what mm -hmm. no yeah. covering what do you right. mean evangelist who speaks for you <laughs> who right who right <laughs> all of that and i was like yep this you know it was a big deal and i had a pretty big uh position in the district like i was it was just not easy um it wasn't it, it was easy because i knew what i was supposed to do but it wasn't normal i should say mm -hmm. and there were a lot of questions um and so I eventually visited a church that a friend had um, that a friend had um, invited me to for a while. It had never gone. And I was like, this place is different. And I'm like, okay. And I'm listening. And not only am I enjoying, there's certain things about church that are community. Um, I am a singer. I am. So I'm, so there's mute, there's a music thing with me. There's certain things. And as I've deconstructed, I understand much differently what's really happening in those settings. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and so that was important. But then, like I said, there was no hellfire brimstone. Um, th that is not, he's like, look, Bishop's like, I'm not here to preach hell to you. I'm not here to preach. I'm here. And so this is one of the things I tell people. I know I'm going off on tangent a little bit. I tell people all the time when people are like, I'm deconstructing, but I, I, I want to know how to start over like with the Bible. How do you really? And I always say, go to the gospels and read just the red words, mm -hmm. not the stuff people. And I'm not saying all the red words are right. But I'm saying there's a whole different message in just the red words than there is in what people have made it to mean. Mm -hmm. And then when you get in the epistles, a whole different message. And so the I am come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Right. Mm -hmm. And the church I go to is actually named Abundant Life Healing Fellowship Church. And it's literally what it is about. It is not about you going to go to hell. Do you receive Jesus? Are you? It's, I can't name a message I've ever heard him ever preach on hell. Never, he, you know, we are open to all communities, sexual orientations, like all of that. Um, and so again, I think that deconstructing is personal. And I think that sometimes no it's not for someone to go find another building mm 
For some people, though, I do think that the community, that's why I think some people really suffer when they abruptly, you know, are like, okay, I'm let out, but they don't have the resources or um, find the path back to the community that they feel that they're missing. Mm. And so I don't think that every church is like that. I do think my church is unique. Mm -hmm. It is unique, but it's not the only one. This is opening me up to a whole other world of deconstruction because, (laughs) (laughs) because as you know, when you're deconstructing for some people, like I'm very black and white. So it's like, okay, first I was like, well, I need to find another set of rules to believe. Yeah. And then I was like, no, I don't like, I need to figure out what I actually believe, whether or not it's in somebody's rule book or not. But then for me, I guess I was like, well, and a lot of people, they totally leave the church. Um, and I don't, there's certain aspects of it that I do miss, like you said, the community, and I was a singer as well, um, but I don't feel led to go back right now, mm-hmm. but I do have a lot of friends who, I won't, I won't say a lot of friends, I have a lot of acquaintances and some friends who are still sitting in their church, Yeah, scared to leave, are deconstructing in the background, but yeah. And the fact that you can deconstruct and still attend your church or still attend a church is awesome. And, you know, it's like opening up my mind because like I said, I'm very black and white either or, but you can have both. So that brings me to, so the people that are at your church in your community, I know they follow you on TikTok. So do you have people in your community who are like, why are you talking about the ancestors (laughs) why are you talking about deconstruction and this and that like how do you address that you know what is so funny Aaron the people I that was I initially was concerned about that it's like oh oh my god it's gonna be a thing lord (laughs) and then it wasn't Mm -hmm. it it actually literally wasn't because what I have learned is there are more people deconstructing and there are more people that believe and already know the things I'm already saying than not, Aaron. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I was in <laughs> I was in a funeral at my old church because someone that I knew well, you know, had passed and I needed to go support the family. And he used to, he was the person that had, um, he was a sound guy. So he had mm-hmm. built their whole sound system, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, so we're in the funeral and something stuff is going crazy in the sound and of course me my spiritual self I'm like oh he here he in the sound. like I'm literally thinking that this this person is there does someone not get on the mic and say I said as the sound was going wrong I said all right elder I need you right now to come and help me and he th- and you know the sound started working again and he fixed the sound I said see now if I say that, so my point is, these people already believe this, honestly, Aaron. They're mm-hmm. already talk about communicating with the spirits of the dead and ancestors. They will say all the time, my, my grandmother came to me in a dream. Oh, yeah, my aunt, I can smell my aunt. She here because when she here and she looks, they say all of these things. Mm-hmm. They believe all of these things. You can You can try to oppress us and take our stuff away from us, but it's there. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is, 
for the ones that are trying to tell folks to demonize it, just reject that. I'm just saying, reject those mentalities. Right. Um, I had maybe one person that, you know, but they weren't even someone that was, I mean, there's someone I cared about, but not someone that I spoke to every day that kind of tried to come from my neck um, on TikTok. And I was like, you know, you have my phone number. You can call me. So right. Have a better, you know, the best way, because they wrote something like, I'm trying to understand. I said, well, the best way to understand would be to contact me directly since you have access to me. If you wanted, mm-hmm. if you really wanted a deeper understanding, right. um, and you know, they made their exit, but yeah, it's not, I'm finding the more pe- people have called me Aaron and said, Oh my God, I love what you're doing on TikTok. These are all the things that have been in my mind. Uh, these are all the things <laughs> I've been working on. Keep going. <laughs> yes. I've had a similar experience with this podcast. Like people yeah. have inboxed me like, thank you for saying that because I've been feeling that for years and I'm like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I do have a question and this doesn't even really relate to our topic, but it's a question that a lot of people ask Mm -hmm. in this deconstruction journey. Where do you put Jesus? Ooh, everybody wants that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, I believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. I do not believe that people's interpretation of Jesus and the way it's been um, the way it has been spoon fed to us and manipulated is accurate. Mm-hmm. And so people have asked me over and over, what do you, what do you think sin is? I don't think sin is a, a bunch of rules. Um, I believe that if you, again, why I say go back to the red words, Christ over and over again, talked about who you are. These works I do shall you do also an even greater understanding who you are, what life you are to have, understanding your fullness. I and the father are one, but yet I'm also the son of man. If you have the faith, the size of mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be that removed. And it will literally, I need you to understand your power from whence you hail, come and shall return. You need to understand who you are. And Mm -hmm. to me, that was the revelation for me. Sin is missing the mark, the mark of what? Not the mark of the rule book, not the mark of the Torah, not the mark of the 10 commandments, the mark of me understanding and walking in exactly who I am, fulfilling my destined destiny in this world, which is not about what some sky daddy gave me to do, but more about the divinity that is within me that I am supposed to accomplish as I am connected to the entire collective of God, the universe, spirit, source, all ancestors, so on and so forth. And Mm so is Jesus relevant? Absolutely. As long as you're understanding who Jesus is, was, and who you are Mm. and are to be. So it's not about the oppression, Mm -hmm. right? And, And when you really understand that, all of that unity stuff, I and the Father are one, that's really, I do not believe that God which to me is, is (laughs) I did a TikTok on this. I was like, God is so much bigger than what y'all want God to be. (laughs) Like y'all are like, God is up there over there. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You literally, if if, if you use the Bible as a map, right? That Mm -hmm. there was a breath of life. So every time you take a breath, every time you open your eyes, the divinity you are walking in, right? This idea of, of, of self, like um, abdicating and, and I'm just, you know, I'm less than, and I'm nothing. That to me is missing the mark. Mm. That is sin. 
And so anything that I do that is against me, even the Bible says to him that knows to do right and do with it, not to him it is sin, meaning what you understand as sin to me, what goes against your conscience, what goes against your being and your divinity, that is sin to you. Wow. And so mm. that, that's, 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 that's where I put Jesus right Thank in the, you. right in the center <laughs> of, of right in the center of my life. When people are like, Oh, but you know, you know, I'm like, and I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> listen, I ain't throw Jesus nowhere. <laughs> Jesus is also, it's been here. It's always been, been here, here. Always yes. been here. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't never left. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. I, I love having these conversations because everyone's experience is different. Everyone's viewpoint is different. And like you said, God is bigger. And that is what I got out of my experience. And I realized God is so much bigger than the doctrine Mm -hmm. we were forced to believe than these rituals that we were forced to practice than these rules. God is so much bigger than that. And I love your your viewpoint on, on sin because again, a lot of people don't know where to put Jesus. They don't know where to put sin, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know where to put the end. Yeah. So, you know, are they, I had like a, a moment where I'm like, okay, let me, let me keep my one foot in Christianity. Yeah. Just in case the rapture comes like it, <laughs> girl, listen, nothing <laughs> has a hold that thing. <laughs> That thing, that fear right there. It has a hole. Cause like, I remember, and you had talked about like the fear of missing the rapture. I remember one time I came home and yep. nobody was there. And I was like, yes. man, they are supposed to be here. And so then I called some people, you know, that yep. fear was yeah. real. Yep. And so, and it follows you. And so at the beginning of my journey, I was just like, let me keep one foot in and still go <laughs> to church just in case, just in case, just in case. But then I started expanding my mind more and I was just like, okay, I don't have to keep one foot in if it's not, if it's not something that I believe in. And I won't say I don't believe in Christianity. I believe in Jesus. I believe in, so I had told one of my family members, you know, I'm, I don't really identify as Christian anymore. Yeah. And then they were just like, you don't believe in Jesus? What? And I'm like, <laughs> that I didn't say that. And, and like, Jesus wasn't Christian. That's, see? See, that's the part. That's <laughs> Jesus the part. wasn't Christian. That's the part. So like, I don't know. And then like, that's, I think, another thing that people who are deconstructing even if they stay in Christianity, if they share their viewpoints, you have to combat people assuming all these things. Oh, you practice witchcraft. Oh, yeah. you're converting to another religion. You don't believe yeah. in Jesus. So yeah. you're going to go straight to hell. And it's like, no, how? <laughs> I don't do a good job of, I don't think I do a good job of having those conversations. So how does one even have that conversation with a family member who automatically goes to oh you don't believe in Jesus up to hell you go so my little talk track has been I don't believe in religion because Mm -hmm. religion is rules that people made up to tell me how to get to a God that I already know and have relationship with I believe in relationship Mm -hmm. and so I don't um identify as quote unquote Christian, because that is a religion. However, 
I have relationship with God and relationship with Jesus. And what I would say is because I come from a family um, of, 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 of people who identified as Christians that I live my life very um, aligned with the Christian tradition. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my life is probably aligned with Christian traditions, like mm-hmm. going to church, but that is not my religion. I don't have to go to church. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, go to hell. We're not going to get into that one on here. Um, <laughs> go to the non-existent hell. Um, <laughs> two hour conversation. The two hour conversation. <laughs> not going to go to the non-existent hell. Um, just because I didn't go to church. I don't believe those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have that, that's kind of my talk track. I'm like, and, and most people can, and that's, and, and I don't, I'm not out here trying to proselyte and convert anybody. Do you? Right. Right. So my intention in you is only to say something that is comforting enough for them to leave this conversation. Mm-hmm. It is not about getting them to understand. So what usually is comforting enough is I have a relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. that they can take and, you know, go to bed, go to God in prayer with that. They're like, yes, Lord, she still believes in Jesus. We're okay. <laughs> right? And right. so, like, yes, all of that. Because of Jesus, I am safe from sin. I'm safe from not knowing who I am. I am. Absolutely. Right? I don't have to walk around this world unsure of my power, my destiny, the intention, um, my, my create, what I was created for, what mm-hmm. I'm connected to. I don't have to walk through life aimless and fearful because I know Jesus personally. Mm. And you know what? Actually, I was young when this happened. I was like, this journey has been a long time. I was like 17 or 18, oldest 20. And I remember I was going through that rapture thing again, that thing about, you know, if you do this sin and blah, blah, blah. I remember one day I was sitting there and I just had this thought that was like this. I have this personal relationship with God and with Jesus. Wouldn't it, that would be absolutely psychotic that God would send me to hell because I didn't say some repenting words when God supposedly knows my heart and who I am and has this relationship, wouldn't the same God be like, Hey, hell is coming. Um, since the rule is you got to repent. Let me just tell you, you should repent real quick. Like mm-hmm. I like, that's not how I do my friends. That's not how I do my family. And that mm-hmm. was actually when I dismantled the idea that I could miss heaven. This is even before true deconstruction. That's like probably my first little deconstructing moment. Mm-hmm. That is, is when I dismantled the idea that I could miss heaven because I didn't repent fast enough because God would let that happen. I was like, Nope, it doesn't make sense. I don't care what y'all say. It's not logical. I'm safe. Mm. <laughs> and that was just like, uh, yeah, that uh, I want to make a comment about the whole conversion uh, thing, but I did want to bring up, this reminded me of a conversation I'd had with my husband and he's, very rooted in Islam, I'm born and raised. He's from an Islamic country. Mm-hmm. He asked me a question and he's always asking me questions about Christianity and um, my background and things like that. And he's like, well, you know, in Islam, they believe in Jesus. They believe mm-hmm. that he was a prophet yep. and they believe in all of his miracles. And, and a lot of Christians don't really 
realize that they don't get that i know yeah they believe in all of his miracles they believe in everything that he said they just don't believe that he was actually god the, they believe yes he is exactly the prophet right so he was like well people in christianity say you know god died on the cross but he's like if you guys believe that that jesus died on the cross for your sins then why are you so paranoid <laughs> about repenting yep and i was like well what do you mean and i was like i was listening and I, <laughs> but i was like i'm not even ingratiating anymore you ask me all these questions but he's <laughs> like no people are like really like they have anxiety about repenting and doing wrong but if jesus already died for your sins yeah then shouldn't it already be covered and I just kind of like sat there I was like yeah it should that, just... that's actually <laughs> the premise I will tell you of the the bishop at my church mm. and that was I'd never heard anyone like I remember like one day he just was randomly preaching and he was like I mean he's like well how did he say it he was like he's like I mean whatever like you can choose to do whatever he's like you're not going to hell over it and i was like what like well, i was like, for saying, like, like we're saying right it was like what <laughs> and he was like you're not going to hell for that he was like i mean the thing is is it good for you is it is it is is it gonna he's like is your life gonna be fortified and enriched because of it he's like it's more about that he's like i mean smoke all the cigarettes you want he was like your lungs you may shorten your lifespan because of it he's like but you're not going to hell for it he's like drink all the like he literally was like i want you all to stop worrying about if something is sin it's not about that he's like and it was he was a, and i have always had this opinion at least since i was very young that even the quote unquote 10 commandments were just practical things they were like yo hey yo the biggest commandment is you know love your neighbor as you, you know self blah 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 love god love your neighbor so if you steal your neighbor's wife how do you think that's gonna work out with your relationship mm-hmm like if you murder someone how you think that's going to work out in the community like it was just practical to me yeah wow it was less about the <laughs> rules it was like this just like, is oh. not going to make for a good life right it's like <laughs> as above so below like this, exactly this happens and this isn't going to happen exactly so, yeah wow mm. but the con the conversion comment i also wanted to make was um i had seen a TikTok. And this girl was deconstructing and she's like, people who are deconstructing, beware. When you deconstruct, don't try to convert people yeah. like the Christians try to convert yeah. you to be a Christian. Yeah. It's not about converting. It's about living in your authentic truth, yeah. finding who you are, finding who God really is. Yep. Removing those lens, the lens of that they've placed before it as to view God in a distorted, you know, yeah. view, remove those, all of those lenses and just see God for who God is Yes. and let God lead you on yes. this journey. If deconstruction yes. is not for you, it's not for you. Yeah. But if you're listening to this and something has like tugged on you, if you're listening to this this far in this episode, you're curious, <laughs> something, something has kept you here, but it's not, it's definitely not about throwing away everything that you've been taught, everything that you believe because deconstruction looks different for everyone. Yeah. 
And I'm so happy that even as on this call, you have opened my eyes to another version of deconstruction, (laughs) (laughs) another example of what one's journey can look like, because just in my mind, I'm like, oh, you don't go to church when you deconstruct, but you do, you can, it can be your community. It can be, if you, and you can, don't have to leave your Christian church. Yeah to deconstruct, but it, but you do need to take off the limitations and the barriers that you're, that are holding you back from living your life. I actually think that I'm, I am, um, more effective. I am more effective in, in ministry, you know, ministry means service. Mm -hmm. I've always been, um, and it doesn't matter. I I think that, you know, if I had been raised in some other religious tradition, I would be the same person because it's who I am. I've always been a healer. I've always been an exhorter. I've always been an encourager. I've always um, been one, um, a a deliverer of sorts in a spiritual way. You understand that coming from a Pentecostal background. And I have seen that the anointing has been totely different. Mm. complete the authority. I don't know if you saw my TikTok. I talked about anointing being authority, right? It's not the feeling people are like, Oh, the anointing is when you speak in tongues. That's when you, and I'm like, no, the anointing is really about authority. If you even read scripture, anyone was anointed for an office for a purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not for you to feel a certain way. It's for you to do a particular thing in the authority that has been given to you. So to me, anointing is simply divine authority. Mm -hmm. And I believe that I have been um, trusted with even more divine authority because I see more clearly. Mm. I love that. (laughs) That is good. We've talked about a lot in a short amount of time, I feel like, (laughs) Um, a lot of different threads, but I guess maybe just to close out this conversation, do you have, just based on, because I know that you talk to other people and you help them with their journeys. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips, suggestions, words of thoughts for somebody who's scared to deconstruct or who is in their deconstruction journey and kind of don't know where to go? Sure. So I would say from the scared perspective, I always go, especially to those that are, you know, in Christianity, the same Bible that you read will tell you that God has not given you the spirit of fear, right? And that you know, perfect love casts out all fear. And if God is love and is perfect love, anything that is holding you hostage in fear is not God. Mm. Your own Bible tells you that. And so if you are afraid to explore, that fear is not coming from God because God is never going to institute fear. They literally cannot coexist, right? And so I would... I would admonish you to really look to where is the fear coming from? Is it coming from oppression? Is it coming from um, things that, you know, have been taught to you that you're so, you know, afraid of to move forward with um, and not necessarily from God. And then to put your trust in the God that you know, God, I know that nothing can change our relationship, but I want to know you in spirit and in truth. Mm. Right now, I may only know you in spirit because when I get to church or when I whatever, I feel you. I, I recognize you in spirit, but some truth, I'm feeling that there is potentially some truth missing. And you seek, that's what you, you desire. 
You told me that's what you told us. That's what's desired is spirit and truth. And so I'm asking that you will guide me along this journey. The Bible says in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. And so I'm acknowledging you knowing that I cannot get on a path that is wrong while I acknowledge you and while I keep you involved. Wow. Mm, I'm putting that on my vision board. (laughs) (laughs) That is good. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. So for those of you who have not found out who Mazda Miles is by now, Mazda, can you tell us Tell them, because I've already found you, but tell tell them where they can find you. Sure. So you can find me on TikTok talking about all of this. And my handle is at Mazda Miles. Mazda, just like the car, M-A-Z-D-A-M-I-L-E-S. Over on Instagram, I'm talking more about business and just general life, but you can find me at the same handle at Mazda Miles on Instagram if you want a little of that in your life as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation and uh, can't wait to have more content soon. See ya. (laughs) See ya. My pleasure. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you would like to connect or be a guest on this podcast, hit me up at eFaithBeauty on Instagram. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.